TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to Nothing Impossible on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Well, in lieu of Lou Fest, we're continuing with Nothing Impossible with a special Lou Fest, I guess, focus this week. Or at least a post-Lou Fest, the aftermath. <laughs> like we need sound effects right there. After. From one festival, many. Yeah, like one has been broken into many festivals, and a, a really cool part of this year's Fest was to be uh, much more public art and live art, and we have uh, Sarah Zygman, who is a local St. Louis artist, uh, who was going to be doing live art at Fest, correct? I was, doing, I was the headliner muralist, so for the first time we were doing a large-scale mural that was, we've been working on it for months, the design, and... Then it found out, obviously, the morning I was heading down there that it went away. But this has been actually incredible. It's been extremely heartwarming to see St. Louis come out of the woodwork and put their arms around all of us vendors and just really bring us, bring, just support us and, and everyone supporting each other. And frankly, in some ways, I think this is like a blessing in disguise, that this has been a great way to connect with the community. What did you have planned for LuFest? You had the design you said all worked out. How big was this mural going to be? How much, I guess, prep work went into getting ready for LuFest this weekend? Um, there was probably, there was months of work that went into it. There was going to be a 20-foot um, wide mural. And we had, I had had several meetings with them and worked out the design. And we were eventually, to be honest, and I would still love to do this, um, going to talk to them about if they were going to start doing murals every year, that eventually start, rather than because these are not permanent, there's no place, I don't know what they were going to do with them afterwards. So rather than having them just be thrown away, it was my idea to take them then to the city, to areas of town that would love a mural, love some beautification, and don't have the funds for it. And it would be a win-win in my book for everyone because the city would get the art, mm-hmm. Lufest would get year-round publicity, mm-hmm. and they'd get great editorial potential coverage for a, a city you know, exchange, basically giving back to the city. And this would also become not just a music festival, but a, a, a growing art festival, almost like where the birthday cakes in St. Louis, uh, yeah. yep. where eventually I kept seeing this as, hey, let's try to find all the murals. It could be a ticket giveaway. It could be mm-hmm. all kinds of things. A scavenger hunt. Get a picture in front of every mural in town. So you're uh, you're out here you're out here now at Archfest, the one of the many festivals happening around the entire region. Uh, that's really uh, become like the foster home for all the orphans from Lufest by finding a place. Uh, and you're doing some live painting out here. Tell us about what you're working on. Um, I've been working with Aaron and Kirsten from Arch uh, from Arch Apparel. And I reached out to them when I saw it on social media, and I said, you know, I totally support you guys. And this all came together probably in the past two days. And we talked for a little bit about doing, I'm doing a painting that's now being auctioned off. And because I do not just murals, I do um, modern contemporary art by commission, all different sizes, residential, commercial. 
and so we wanted to make sure it had some bit of the arch in it mm -hmm. and also it has an homage to arch apparel it has their circle city circle logo stl on it as well and we're hoping to actually take this and go and make prints out of it have it go on t-shirts and potentially really born a partnership out of this whole thing but if you go to arch apparel instagram platforms um, or my Instagram TLZ designs it will be up for auction till Monday where people can and it's four foot by four foot but it's um, mixed media and it's just it's just a fun way to add I've had a ton of people come up to me and talk to me and you know it, uh, other, it could lead to other things and that's my whole idea is to be able to get more art especially public art mm -hmm. in st. Louis well and there was so much art that was created for Lufest for posters and t-shirts and giveaways and so it's cool that now there's some original art that's coming out of this blossoming of community in lieu of Lufest too. Absolutely in fact I mean because I had talked about them about again using my mural to be potentially in patches or stickers well this could end up being a heck of a lot bigger right because of a collaboration with Arch Apparel and now we're looking at you know something they've never looked at before doing prints and posters and having this design like I said, on their clothing. I mean, this could really, to me, it's a, it's a, like I said before, a blessing in disguise. I mean, this could really be a very cool partnership that's come out of what was a huge, huge kick in the gut to the city. But I, I part of me would love to also say to the organizers, say, look it, if you had just, maybe you just said, we're in trouble, we need some help. Look what our community has done, hmm. coming around and picking everybody up. I hope it can recover. I hope it very much our city it recovers and it can happen again. But it's extremely heartwarming to me to see St. Louis come around those. That's a, that's a really good point about the, the need to ask for help. And uh, I think what this, this whole weekend is now showing is that the region does come together when help is needed. And people sent texts out, I'm sure, starting at 3 a.m. on Wednesday. Uh, and so, Sarah, thanks for being with us and sharing a little bit about your art. Where can people learn more about what you're doing? Awesome, thank you. Um, it's, uh, again, it's Sarah Zygman. And if you look at Instagram, it's probably the easiest way to get hold of me. Um, TLZ Designs um, on Instagram. And you can see a lot of my work and you can DM me. And I have my phone number is up on different ways, but I, I would love to work with the community and get more art out there and uh, just be able to have people know about me and I can help them and just keep a partnership going with the city. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll wander around a little bit for the rest of the show. Travis, I see some beer. Uh, we'll talk to the organizers from Arch Apparel, too. And, and maybe uh, talk about some frozen adult beverages, too. Sounds good to me. We'll be back with more Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan with you from one of the Not Lou Fest festivals happening this weekend. The In Lou Fest like crowd all over St. Louis this weekend. Lots of names. Uh, Lou Wow, I've seen for what's the name of this festival? Uh, we're calling this one Arch Fest. Nice, that's appropriate. We've got Aaron Park, one of the owners of Arch Apparel, with us. And so, talk about what it was like to get that that tweet, I guess, at 3 o'clock in the morning, or how did you find out about Lufest? Uh, so my wife rolled over at 4 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> was feeding our baby and said, Lufest is canceled. And I, 
I, I suppose I froze for a minute and then woke up and then haven't don't feel like I've gone to sleep since. So yeah, we've been scrambling, but it, it's working out. So. And what kind of preparation had you made for Lufest? Oh man, so we've done months of like design work and preparation. We've printed about 1,500 items to take to Lufest, but so much logistics and thought go into what we're doing. So when it got cancelled, all of that was like, how do we make that in the next three days come to life still? So. What kind of, uh, were they posters or shirts? Or I know you guys do a whole line of, you know, clothing. What, what kind of things did you made for Lufest? Like creative graphic designs on them too? What, what, what was it like? Yeah, so we took a, we try to take like, create a theme every time for, for the festival. So this one we did like a lot of like neon muted colors and stuff. So we created uh, t-shirts and hats, uh, hip packs, like fanny packs, stickers, koozies, all kinds of stuff. Um, all with a theme, very festival. So we were in a position where like, how do we get rid of mint colored hoodies, you know, if we're not at a festival? So this has been amazing though, so. How many years have you done the, participated in Lufest? Uh, this would be only our second year. Okay. So we did it last year, it was so busy for us. So we doubled our booth size for this year. We we're excited to be back. So a little disappointing, but we'll, we'll make something work. Now, what was it like to be a part of something that was, you know, such a, a St. Louis event like Lufest? I mean, for us, it was almost like our signature event every year. We do our biggest collection launch like backed behind that. So we, we put a lot into it. We've been planning for a long time. That's kind of our kickoff to fall event. So it's a huge deal for us. So um, yeah, a lot to answer your question. <laughs> so uh, making lemonade out of lemons type of thing. Archfest is uh, happening here uh, out in West County. What's the response been like out here and seeing people come out in the drizzling rain? It's like, I'm blown away. I don't, there, there literally isn't words to put in, uh, that come out of my mouth that describe like the amount of people that have come up and said thank you or thank you for putting this on or being a part of it. So, I mean, it's, we should all be proud of this. I, I keep telling everyone, this only works because you're standing here, that the people are coming out, like you said, in the drizzling rain. So it's incredible. We, as a community, we should all be super proud. You know, like outdoor music festivals, the elements, I think, are a part of it, whether it's, you know, hot and humid or whether this, I mean, this is not like a driving rain either. It's a nice Pacific Northwest kind of like drizzle, a lot of umbrellas out here, but, you know, it hasn't kept people from coming out to this festival. No, so far, we're just rolling with the punches. I mean, this is the warehouse we work out of and, and create out of. So, yeah, there's, there's weeds in the ground and there's dog hair on the ground, but we'll make it work. So, it's a casual environment we're just being as flexible as we need to be so so this is probably one of the first opportunities where the public has come into your workspace as well talk a little bit about how how great that is to get people more intimately involved in what you're doing yeah I, that's one of the best parts about this is we as a team have done like 15 16 hour days from like open to close i think we left last night about 10 30 after early morning to get our space ready um Everyone's walking through, they dig the vibe. I mean, it's industrial, it's warehouse. We're advertising clothes on pallets. You know, it, we're making the best of what we got, so everyone's been really digging it. And, but it is cool to have people come through and see like where we actually create and what we do. So, How has it been getting all of the other people who are here who would have been next to you at Lufest to come out here and be next to you here? Because there have been so many events. Some have decided to go it on their own. But what was it like? I mean, were there late night texts and stuff? Who's, who's going to be in? Who's going to be out for this? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my right-hand lady, I suppose, Kirsten, she uh, was on the phone from the morning I woke her up to tell her Lufus was cancelled to the end. So mad props to her, but she put all of this together, reached out to all the vendors, coordinated load-in, what they can bring, what not. 
The city of Crestwood also needs a shout out because they fast-tracked all of these permits to get everyone here. They want to see this be successful. So um, hopefully this is the first time we do it, but there'll be more to come maybe. This could be a thing. So, Well, it, I, as I've got a chance to walk around, uh, you know, we see breweries, we see distilleries, we see, I see Narwhal, Narwhal hanging out out there, hot box cookies. I mean, it's all the elements of... Uh, the, some of the best elements of, of a festival, and really it's the people as well, right? Like, it's the people out here. I see strollers, people have their kids, and there's no wristbands, right? This is not a festival where people have to pay admission. They can just come be the best part of St. Louis. Yeah, absolutely. We just want, we wanted this to be family-friendly, bring your dog, uh, whatever makes you comfortable. Uh, a lot of our beer vendors in Bud Select, uh, Schlafly and Urban Chestnut donated so much beer. Uh, we have alcohol vendors that did, and we're just asking for donations. And those donations we're collecting at the end of the day, and we're going to distribute out to all the vendors that were kind of misplaced. And I don't know, if people get a couple of hundred bucks back on that vendor fee, that's a good thing, I feel like. So yeah, So what's the, the post-Lewfest experience been like? How much did you have to pay for the other vendor fees? I know you talked about the product you ordered. What's the status of maybe getting those vendor fees back? Or what do you think about the prospects for Lufest in the future? I mean, so I'm, I, I feel like the potential for it is maybe better or higher than ever. So, I mean, we joked, we're like, we'll put it on, you know. So if anyone wants to throw the money, we'll put it on. But um, I think it's something that we have to do. I mean, I love it. It's one of my favorite events to be at. It creates an amazing atmosphere. It's a great time of year. It's kind of not too hot, not too cold. A little bit of rain doesn't hurt. So, I mean... After, I hope it comes back, maybe under a different name so we can all kind of restart, click the restart button, but I'm 100% behind it. I want to see it back. So. Well, I think Bluefest has been around since, what, 2010, I believe. And in that time frame, they've had at least, if I can count, three different ownership structures, right? So it's not un unrealistic for Bluefest's uh, 2019 under new management. Like, that's not un unrealistic. In fact, one of their previous... Uh organizers was the same company that did Lollapalooza and Austin City Limits. Yeah. So they've gone through a lot of different iterations over the years. Right, and as you said, maybe uh, maybe it's more more local, local ownership, more of this grassroots effort. Uh, you have a slight accent. You know, yeah. uh, It's not very Midwestern. Yes. Uh, so where are you from and how did you end up in St. Louis? Uh, so originally from Melbourne, Australia. Um, long story short, I was an exchange student back in 2006 at Drury in Springfield, Missouri. Fast forward X amount of years, my wife is American, I have a little boy, I live here now in St. Louis, so this is now home, so I'm somewhere, my accent's somewhere between Australia and America, I'm in like limbo, I feel like, okay. so yeah, and that's okay. <laughs> when did Arch Apparel come into the picture, and I see you guys, I mean, talk about the evolution of the, of the brand and what you guys do, because... Um, in fact, one of my old high school friends, Jojo Propaslapa, I helped him get in touch with Ken Bone. Oh, sorry. So you guys could give him some Arch Apparel. You guys are really getting into the fabric of St. Louis. Talk about the growth of, of this company and what you do. Yeah, it's incredible. I feel like every day we're getting better at what we do, and that feels good. And I feel like our group as a whole grows every day. Our staff grows. The community is backing it. So... I joked a year ago when I was in this space, we had like literally one six foot table and now we have like 3,000 square feet of like active, you know, selling and things going on. So we're growing, we want to grow with our community and best of all, we just want to be flexible. So if people want us here or they want us there, we'll be there. We'll do whatever. We just say yes and then we figure it out later. So it's amazing. So. And so uh, we're going to, we're gonna, I think we'll talk to a few other vendors that are out here, tell the story of what's going on at ArchFest. The... Uh, the aftermath, or I guess the resurgence of the energy that was put into, you know, the, thing, the nice thing about energy is like, as long as it doesn't run into anything, it's going to keep going. And for St. Louis, uh, there was a slight hurdle, but it's going to keep pressing on. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. You're welcome. Thank you guys for being here.
Where can people go to a physical place or online to buy your product? Yeah, prime, most of our business is online, so it's nice and easy. Arch Apparel, like the St. Louis Arch, archapparel.com. Um, visit us there. Social media is where we spend most of our time, but you can obviously visit our warehouse here in Crossroad, and all that info is on our website. So Awesome. Aaron Park from Arch Apparel, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Travis, let's walk around a little bit. We'll be back right after this. Thanks, man. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on Kangam OX. Well, there's In Lu Fest, there's Lu Wow, there's, I'm losing track of all the festivals that are taking place in Lu of Lu Fest. Well, I know one is not taking place, but Arch Fest is taking place, and that's where we are now. Yeah, and we're back in the back of their warehouse area now with Brandon from Narwhals Crafted. What's the, what's the official title? Just Narwhals Crafted, but most people know us as Narwhals, the frozen drink place. Awesome. Yeah, so introduce us. What is Narwhals? What were you going to be doing at Lufest, and what are you doing here today? So Narwhals is, uh, you know, we, we are uh, a frozen cocktail establishment. Uh, everything we do, we make from scratch. That's kind of our premise, but... Uh, this weekend at, at uh, Lufus, we were going to be doing our cherry blossom mojito, our house gin and tonic, strawberry basil lemonade, and uh, and our prickly pear margarita. So um, we made a lot of that stuff. Obviously, we had a lot left over, and um, we were uh, excited when we were able to collaborate with everybody else that was going to be here to kind of move through some of that product and still get some of that camaraderie and I guess just everybody who's in the same boat crying on each other's shoulders and it, frankly it's been much more exciting and better here than I ever would have expected. It's, it's been a really nice way to make some lemonade out of some lemons. That's a, that's a common theme. Uh, by the way, do you have any lemon-based uh, cocktails? We have strawberry basil lemonade right now, right, so yeah. Okay, wonderful. Now, uh, we, uh, we like asking folks, what was it like getting that text or that call early in the morning saying, no go for Lufest. <laughs> did it wake you or did you wake to it? I, I, you know, ironically, I have a seven-month-old who wasn't sleeping at the time. So I was awake on my phone just waiting, trying to figure out. I, I got it on social media like most everybody else. I was probably one of the only people who happened to be up at two in the morning wow. uh, with, uh, with my son. But, um, you know, there was, there was some smoke for the 24, 36 hours before it happened and where there's smoke, there's usually fire, but I just couldn't bring myself to believe that it was really going to be canceled. And and when it became official, it was like a, you know, kind of a, a kick to the gut. But um, I, I'm sure you've heard this from everybody else here, but just the response of, I mean, look at out there at all these people that are here at a warehouse on a rainy day, and all the people, the vendors that came together and, and how everybody's banded together it has been so far beyond the expectations of what I ever would have expected and uh, and it's kind of it's been a, a great way to, to make the best of a bad situation what does this uh, say about uh, like as a testament to st. Louis as a community what's it what's it say to you I mean I would say that we have some of the, the, the best dining scene best some some of the best small business uh, you know I I think just the people in general love their city and uh, I think, I mean, I think Lufest meant a lot to the city. It was, it was something that we had that, that kind of got taken away and instead of just everybody crying about it, you know, I mean, these people love their city so much that they are out here right now. I mean, it's, it's not a great day weather-wise. But you look out there and it's like, these, these people love their city. They're here to support these vendors and just people that care a lot about the businesses in their community, about the people in their community, just about their city in general. I mean, uh, I, I'm blown away. 
How did this take us a little bit behind the scenes, I guess, of the texts and phone calls in the last few days when you find out that Lufest is not happening and all these, I mean, this isn't the only one. There are so many different events that have well, been organized. Just, just seeing on social media, like the, the 24 hours of angst and like kind of anger directed at Lufest, and then that stopped and it quickly became, now what are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I... I had a lot of that anger, uh, and I, I expected more of it, but it shifted so quickly into something positive. And, uh, you know, so we were getting, I was getting some, you know, chatter from people, hey, what's going on with this, what's going on with this, and, uh, you know, really, it was not up until that thing came out about two in the morning. Uh, then my phone started blowing up. The next morning it was, you know, and it was just stuff going on back and forth. I mean, so much activity between all the uh, the different vendors that were supposed to be there and, and people tagging us in stories, just citizens that were like, you know, you got to get out there and you got to support these people and you got to, you know, and, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's like this pop up here, this pop up here, like what are we going to do? Like, you know, and so I, I just, I, I we had kind of like our choice of where to be. Like everybody was gonna, everybody I think that was supposed to be at Lufus found a home somewhere. And I, and I think that that's really important and really, really awesome. Well, it's, it was really interesting to see some of the chatter on social media of, you know, companies like Goya or Gorilla Street Food or some of the food vendors uh, getting big catering deals uh, on Thursday and Friday from corporations or different groups saying we're going to order lunch in. And that's, that's really... Alex Donnelly, the owner of Joya's High School, Viani, the, uh, one of the sports teams ordering, you know, yeah. salami sandwiches for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, I mean, the product is there. We don't want it to go to waste. Uh, and as a community, what a, what a great testament to buy local. Hey. I, I mean, I, I can't say it any better than you just did. I, I mean, that's it, it's been like our customers, our you know people that are regulars for us. We're like, well, we're, we're going to be sure to come in this weekend. You know, like um, you you said it best. I everybody is helping everybody out, and, and you know, call it a tragedy. It's like it was it was a music festival that was canceled. Okay, you know, like put it in perspective. But ultimately, you know, it it was. It was hurtful to, to a lot of these businesses. It is a very tough financial blow to, sure. for them to sustain. And to see people just going out of their way, the, you said Vianna, it's like they, they might not have needed a catering order that day, but they did it because, hey, you know, this is somebody that we can help out. He's like, I just think that's so cool. What did Lufest mean to the community? Why did you guys want to be a part of it? And then what do you, what do you hope happens with it going forward? Is this the end of Lufest, do you think? Well, I am not the authority on whether it's the end or not, but I hope like crazy that uh, that it is not. I um, now my my business partner Brad, he's gone to Lufest pretty much since the beginning. He loves it to death. Last year, us being a vendor there, that was my first time going, and uh, you know I think that um, having experienced it, I I just think it's kind of a one of a kind thing that it would be a shame to let die. And I have a feeling that there are going to be some people that want to, to do whatever it takes to keep it going. I, I wonder even if some of the businesses and the bigger vendors that are there might band together to make sure that it does happen next year. And, uh, you know, Brad and I have talked about maybe being a part of that. I don't think I could take on all the responsibility. But, uh, but I am confident and hopeful that something is going to happen to, to get Lufest back here. 
and, and, and bigger and better than ever. And uh, because I think it is incredibly important, it, it meant a lot to us. I mean, last year we were down in the, the Nashville area and the, I mean, the relationships that we formed down there in the pit last year with everybody else were, they're, they're things that are still lasting to this day with Arch Apparel, with uh, Mission Taco and Sugar Fire and uh, Vicia and all the people that we were down there. And it's like, here's frozen drinks and they're giving us food and talking and exchanging information and collaborations that came out of it. That, that was one of the behind the scenes things that most people don't get to experience that was our favorite part about it. Financially, it was a big deal to us, but but more so just the camaraderie and uh, the experience with everybody else. That's what I'm going to miss the most about it this year, and that's why I hope that it comes back next year. Well, it looks like there's great camaraderie here, uh, yes. even in the rain, even out in uh, all the way out in West County, as people say. Uh, but you're, so your uh, Narwhals isn't located out here. You guys are over by St. Louis University. That's right. Right. Uh, tell us a little bit about you know how how long the business has been around, and do you see a big college crowd coming over from the university campus? Sure. Uh, thanks for asking. We uh, so we're coming up on two years right now. Uh, we are located near SLU. We're at Vandeventer and the Cleed across from Ikea. So um, we definitely have a, a good SLU contingent, but that's actually one of the things that surprised me the most about Narwhal since we opened up is just the diversity of you know, age, race, everything that, that, that's come through the doors since we've opened. And uh, so I'd say we're a, we're a bar that's a little bit of everything for everybody. We, we, uh, we focus on making everything from scratch, no bag or box or powder or high fructose. It's just real ingredients. Um, making essentially craft cocktails but in frozen form. So that's who we are and kind of what we do and uh, the response from from uh, the city and everything has been awesome. And uh, yeah, we love SLU. We're real close to SLU. We, we, uh, but we also have, uh, you know, we're more than just a college bar. You've got uh, Cortex that's blown up right there, Ikea's right there, new housing that's gone in all over the place. City foundries coming. I mean, what's what have you seen just in the last couple of years in the transformation of that area? Well, so um, Brad and I, we uh, we started with a, a sandwich shop called Pickleman's about eight years ago, which is a block away from Narwhals downtown. And uh, so we've been very into that area for eight years. And uh, to watch what has happened down there in eight years has been nothing short of incredible. And I don't see any sign of it changing, you know. I mean, with the foundry, like you mentioned, and, um, you know, there's a new hotel going up right there. I mean, there's always something in the news. It's, uh, it's been amazing, and I feel like, in a lot of ways, it's kind of the, the heartbeat of the entire city right now down there. I've been fortunate and privileged to be a part of it, and now have two businesses in that same area. And uh, I just hope it continues because, you know, I, I think that it, it's driving a lot of positivity in our city right now. Well, and uh, that the spot where you all are, uh, you have uh, your your spot, Caldi's Black Market down in that same building. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of great food choices there. Just before we wrap up, talk a little bit about the food and beverage community of St. Louis. This is a great foodie environment. How have you seen that continuing to grow and emerge over the last few years? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm not exactly sure what the reputation is outside of St. Louis, but, uh, you know, when I travel, I, I really respect what we have going on here a lot. I mean, there are so many fantastic places to go eat that I barely have time to, to check them all out. I, I, uh, I think that St. Louis as a whole is, is really 
kicking butt in the in the food and beverage industry. The craft beer scene has been fantastic. I mean, we're out here with Charlottesville today, and we love them and uh, Forehands. It's like, I mean, like the craft beer stuff has been wonderful, and now we've got some distilling going on in there. And you know, at the bar, we try to use a lot of local stuff. So like, still six thirty, and uh, you know, Forehands is now doing distilling and. Um, just, I mean, the alcohol side of things is, is incredible, but so is the culinary side of things. And um, I don't, I don't honestly know the the pulse nationwide if we get the respect that we deserve. But uh, I think if we don't, then it's coming because there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff out there. Brandon, thanks for doing this. Congratulations on all this today. For sure, I, I appreciate the uh, opportunity to talk to you guys and go enjoy yourselves. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on Kangam OX. All right, welcome back. Michael and Travis with you from Arch Fest in lieu of Lou Fest, one of the festivals going on this weekend. And, of course, we had to make our way over to one of the beer booths here. I'm, I'm drinking the double, I, uh, the double, which one is this one? The double? Double IPA. Double IPA, yes. Very good. Uh, I've only had one, one cup, so I should know that. But you know what's, uh, what's great about this weekend is there was one festival that was going to happen, and now the city has like festivals happening everywhere. It's kind of like our own little South by Southwest in that there's all these activations going on all over St. Louis, which was not part of the plan, was it, Tate? <laughs> uh, no, no, it wasn't. It was very unexpected, but it's um, it's really cool to see um, the all the vendors and other uh, you know establishments rally together and try and throw these pop-up events really quickly. If nothing else, to help uh, show support to the vendors who put out a lot of money, a lot of uh, merchandise, a lot of product for the restaurants, uh, and some of them hope get to recoup some of that after this weekend. Tate, you're with Charleville from St. Genevieve. What's your last name and what do you do with Charleville? Uh, yeah, Tate Russell with Charleville Vineyard Winery and Microbrewery in St. Ge- Genevieve and Charleville Brewing Company in downtown St. Louis right off of Lafayette Square. Um, I would be, I guess, director of operations. Uh, I do a little bit of everything. Yep. Uh, all right, so, wait, hold on. I have, as director of operations, I have to ask you this question. Uh, text, tweet, I don't know what happened at 3 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday, but as a director of ops, that probably hit you, right? Yeah, I mean, actually I was asleep when it all came through, but I woke up to my brother texting me saying, what a bummer that it's not going on, and then I checked my emails, of course, and saw everything. Uh, A bit of a scramble, a bit of a shock, uh, but you know, I think at the end of the day, I think the common theme that everyone has been saying the last few days is we're trying to make a bunch of lemonade out of these lemons. Yeah. So what was the, I mean, how much beer did you have brewed? How many employees did you have ready? What were you ready for? And then how is this helping get through the, you know, and and still have a celebration too? Sure. So, I mean, on our end, uh, we probably didn't have as much in as some of the bigger guys did. Um, uh, We weren't having to staff the event, so that definitely helps for us. But yeah, we produce product for this specifically, and... um, you know, um, luckily these events are hopefully going to help us go through a little bit of that this weekend. Um, we hope to push some out in the market to make up for what we expected to move through the entire weekend. But you know, um, if we have to dump some, we have to dump some. That's not the end. That's not the end goal. But um, seeing the camaraderie and everybody coming out kind of uh, lightens the blow a little bit. So uh, talk a little bit about the vibe out here at Archfest. What What's it been like to see people come out in the drizzling rain and, and still hang out as if it's a true festival environment? Yeah, this is a bit overwhelming. It's really... Um it's really quite refreshing. We weren't really sure what to expect with only a couple days heads up, uh, but the community has come out, and uh, I'm just 
very, very impressed and very happy with the turnout. It's much bigger than we, uh, I think, any of us expected it to be today. So we asked about the text or the phone call with the cancellation of LuFest, but what happened in the last few days to get everybody together? I'm sure between all these festivals, a flurry of you know, text messages and phone calls, and how did this one come together? Yeah, well, uh, we caught wind of this. Uh, uh, we've got our good friends at Narwhals, and uh, we had heard that they had an event kind of scheduled. And um, there was a lot of emailing going on between the St. Louis Brewers Guild, other breweries, and uh, some of the other vendors. Um, a lot of impromptu, real quick, pop-up meetings. Uh, we, we met with the folks at the Boathouse. Of course, we're doing the Boathouse event tomorrow. Um, so this came together really, really quickly by word of mouth and, and a few uh, random phone phone calls and emails. So um, it, it, it happened really quick. It was kind of the last few days have been kind of a whirlwind, um, but it's it's really uh, quite nice to see. Um, the, the excitement, the energy, you know, one of the things that I think is the neatest about today is a lot of people came out today saying we weren't even going to Lufest, but we're coming out to show support. And that just really speaks for our, our community here in St. Louis. Well, I think it's really great that Robert Plant is still playing at the pageant and the, the, uh, a lot of the bands and our, uh, local acts are playing down in Grand Center thanks to uh, the Kranzberg Foundation for the Arts. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about the St. Louis just infrastructure as it relates to supporting community-related activities, be it beer and beverage or food or the arts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think the community really does support well, especially in, in situations like this where people have to come out and rally for support when it's unexpected. People really step up to the plate, which is really nice to see. Um, I've, I've always thought we've had a really nice music scene, a nice art scene, uh, jazz scene. Um, and, you know, our food scene is, in my opinion, better than it's ever been since I've lived here most of my life. How's it been? Because uh, I've seen Charlottesville before you opened the, the uh, location in Lafayette Square. I've seen you at events and, and things like that. Talk about the growth uh, with the original brewery and, and everything, and then the expansion to St. Louis and how it's been with the, you know, right there in Lafayette Square. Sure, yeah. So uh, we've been brewing down in St. Genevieve for 15 years and distributing for about 12. So we're relatively well known around town with our distribution, whether people have been to St. Genevieve or not. So our, our goal with the St. Louis location was to try and connect more with the St. Louis consumer and bring our beer to them in case they didn't want to venture down to St. Genevieve. Uh, so that's been really nice to, uh, to uh, connect with those folks, people who maybe would come out once or twice a year, now come out maybe once or twice a month. And then we're also finding people who've never been to St. Genevieve know us from St. Louis and are learning about that location as well. So there's a little crossover both ways. It's, it's, it's really nice. And I know that the governor, when he was lieutenant governor, uh, put a big focus on we, we need to have more Missouri pride instead of I'm from Springfield, I'm from Kansas City, St. Louis specifically. And um, do you think that whether it's the wineries, you know, or going down to St. Genevieve, do you think that that helps lend to, uh, to more Missouri pride for St. Louisans? Yeah, I mean, the whole support local thing, uh, when we started, w really meant Missouri. Uh, in our opinion, if you were produced or manufactured or made in Missouri, we considered that local. Well, it's become a little bit more hyper-local in some people's eyes to where you're almost, almost, you know, if you're not St. Louis City proper, you're not St. Louis. Well, I, I mean, I think, I guess there's degrees on how that could go, but I think if you're producing uh, a, a good or a, a beverage or a, an apparel or, or whatever it might be in, in the state, in my opinion, you're local, you know, and then of course a little bit that can spread across the river because that's still local right across the river. Uh, I mean, I guess it's subjective. 
I think what's great about uh, this weekend is it really does go across the city, right? So we're all the, we're out in West County right now. There's stuff going on in in uh, on Cherokee. There'll be stuff in Grand Center. Uh, Forest Park just steps away from Lufest would have been right. And Forest Park is just still Forest Park, and and the boathouse has stuff going on there. So as what do you think the future of of the region is as it relates to being a music scene and Maybe does does Lufest become more of a regional activity or a citywide activity versus being focused just in one location? Wow, I, I mean, I can't speak to that. I do hope that uh, somebody steps up and rallies to, uh, you know, maybe it's not called Lufest anymore. Maybe it's something else. I don't know, but um, I would imagine somebody's going to step up and try and take over what the event kind of has been and try and, um, you know, rebuild it into something good. Uh, I think it's important to have large festivals like this in the community, bringing um, worldwide acts to the stage so the people in this region and surrounding areas can come see it. It helps showcase not just those big acts, but it allows our local musicians, artists, vendors to showcase their wares as well, which is almost more important than the big guy that comes in from, uh, you know, a nationwide or a worldwide act. There's one thing being at our Fest, I think, has taught us is that Lufest was not just a music festival. Uh, right, yeah, they're showcasing all sorts of stuff. I mean, a lot of people are forgetting there's a bunch of comedians uh, that are doing a show uh, later, I think today, uh, and um, I'm blanking where it's at. You guys might know, but I mean... So Southtown Pub, I think, on King's Highway. Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, it's not just music, it's not just food and beer. Uh, there's a lot of things going on, and I, I think it was really cool... Uh, for those people to have a platform, it's just a shame that it went the way it did this year. Well, Tate, thank you so much for sharing the story. And where can people website or someplace they can go to get the addresses and more info for both your locations? Absolutely. You can check us out on Facebook at either of our Facebook pages, Charleville Vineyard or Charleville Beer. Our website, charlevillevineyard.com or our other website, charlevillebeer.com. All right, Tate, thanks so much. That was, uh, that was a fun show. We, uh, you know... We aren't in the studio. We are out among the people because Lufest is everywhere now. The people have mobilized, and, you know, Lufest was not just... The music acts found other places to go, but so did all the beer and all the margaritas and all of the hot dogs and all of the chicken and, and the everything drama. else. Yeah. Everything is, uh, is finding a home, which is great because St. Louis is a big region, and when there's big problems, the big region addresses the big problems. And we'll continue talking about those big problems, maybe not in a festival atmosphere, but definitely right here next week. Because nothing impossible is what we talk about. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.